Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest today. My special guest is Brooke Errol. Uh, Brooke is an author and uh, publisher of Create a Life You Love. Uh, she works with people really to help them find purpose and live a fulfilled life. Uh, she works with companies uh, using various methodologies to measure emotional intelligence and uh, neuroscience research and helps companies figure out how to get the best from their organization by applying culture in the correct way. So Brooke, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, it's our pleasure today, and before we get started in our discussion, uh, why don't you tell our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Sure. Uh, I think one of the things that is not so common for me to do is, like, because we don't have too much rain in San Diego, California, that's where I live, mm-hmm. but this year we had so much more rain, which we needed, and we are grateful for that. But we have so much blooming and spring that is in the air. So I was able to go to a huge, big, long hike last weekend with my girlfriend, which ends up at a, like a little waterfall. And it was amazing to see how many flowers are around us and all the greenery, which we're not used to so much. So that was the fun thing that I was able to do just recently. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I know it's uh, been a tremendous amount of rain in California, and I'm glad you guys have gotten all of that. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Brooke, let, let's talk a little bit uh, about the work that you do and uh, and the things that you've learned. I know uh, you've written a couple of really good articles as well, uh, one of which is Ways We're Going Backward to Move Forward. And uh, what I'd like to start with today is share with our listeners, uh, really, what, what do you find from working with companies? 
What, where do you find the disconnect between culture and the, the way that people are really trying to run their businesses? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, I think we, we are mostly stuck in an old mindset. I think that is the biggest problem. And that mindset is coming from where we started with the factory age and industrial age and where people are, were chosen to be paid and to be told what to do at work because of some Taylorism, for example, stated people are mostly lazy or dumb for the most part. Unfortunately, we believed in that and we sold our time to organizations and it was for a couple of generations maybe to be at work at a certain time uh, to lose a little bit of our flexibility, to separate work and our personal lives. But I believe it's not working so well anymore because the new generation and even like even the Generation X and Baby Boomers are looking for more meaning in life because after being in the industrial age mindset for 150 plus years, I think people started really feeling a lot more stressful than they used to. And they're questioning if, if this is the life that they want to live. And I never personally was able to uh, believe and embrace the notion that I'm going to work for paying my bills and only enjoy my weekends and maybe a retirement. So my mind never really uh, wrapped around this notion. And I think a lot of people are questioning the same things. And there is a disconnect because some leaders are still in that old mindset where this used to work. And some of the leaders, I thankfully, are looking that this is not working. They're not retaining their talent. They can't attract good talent. And they're questioning what they should change in their organization. That, that's a, a great way of looking at it. And I, I do believe that a lot of people uh, in, in business are trying to, to really operate in, uh, in ways that probably are not productive. And they have a result of that, a lot of high turnover and, and a dissatisfied workforce. But the question that I get all the time, I'd like to hear your comment on this, is, okay, that's fine and good, but what does this, uh, th this new culture that you're thinking about, uh, how do you get people uh, to really buy into the mission of the company? And what's really different? What, what are, we still have to have rules. We have to have them show up at certain times. We, we need them to work uh, a, a full work week, regardless of whatever time they start and finish. So in, in your view, tell us what that new work environment might look like. Sure, that's great. I feel like, first of all, from my experience, working in the corporate world, I spent more than 20 years there, and I have my own businesses right now. Having heard a lot from my clients and everything, this is what I think needs to change. First of all, that old mindset, we have to question that because and I have two type of leaders that I see. Some leaders are only the altruistic and they want to do the right thing. The right thing for their employees, for their clients, for their suppliers, for their communities. And I call all of them stakeholders. So they want to make sure that everybody is a winner in an organization. 
And some leaders are not there yet. They don't see why this change is happening or how they can adapt to these changes. But they have pain, and the pain is usually very disengaged employees, lots of turnover, and lots of unhappy employees, and lose of productivity. So those leaders, although they don't really understand what's going on, are kind of pushed to look into what is that they have to change. So that's, first of all, the awareness stage. And after they're aware of some things are changing and that they can't go on in the same way they did business anymore, the one thing that they can do is really to look into their mission and vision and purpose statements. Not because they are just like some cheesy statements that just hung on the door on the walls of the organization, but in reality, what do they stand for? Why that did that business start in the first place? Besides making profit, of course, every business wants to make profit, and that's what we all accept and understand. But what else does this company stand for? What is the real purpose, mission, and vision? And that should be communicated to everyone in the company. And and the better part is really even having other people attend that meeting where this is all decided so that everybody can embrace it. And it should not be something just a writing on the wall. People should really feel and know what this company stands for and what they want to achieve for their clients, for their employees, for the communities that they exist. So this really brings people together. This is the first step to bring people together. Then even in the hiring process that they have for their candidates, they should be talking about the purpose of the company and if that candidate seems like they're aligned with that purpose or not. Why would they choose to work this company versus another one and see if their passion, their strength, and their purpose in life is aligned with this company. So that's what the millennials are already doing, even if they don't talk about it. And in one of the articles that I think you were sharing, like um, why CEOs and leaders should be caring about purpose is this reason too. Because the new millennials are, do care about the company's purpose and how they serve their communities. So that's another step. And the other step is like bringing more emotions to the workplace. You, we all know like things are getting automated, things are replaced by people, are getting replaced by computers and software programs and everything. But what they can't replace yet is the emotional intelligence piece of it. So that's where we can thrive for the future. If we have more emotional intelligent leaders who care about people's passion and purpose and strength and talk about what's happening in their lives and uh, having them come to work as a whole person. If somebody's having a big issue in their family, they should be able to talk about that at work. So if they do these type of things, the bonding, the trust, the transparency, and everything just helps the company thrive because you, you have people who love to come to work because they can be themselves. They're not leaving, as I was told when I first started my own corporate job, to leave half of myself at the door of the office. I didn't know how to do that, right? I am a whole person, and if I'm at work and I have a sick child, I am bringing that with me, unfortunately, in my mind. I mean, there's no other way to exist as a human being. So mm -hmm. I think we were being very unrealistic about compartmentalizing. So if the leaders understand all of these concepts, 
then they can definitely create a much better culture and then their people will appreciate that and they will stay longer is what I'm thinking. Uh, I, I think that you bring up a lot of good points. Uh, the, the, the pushback that I hear a lot of times, especially about the millennial generation, is that uh, millennials will talk about culture and purpose and, and they like those kind of things. But the problem uh, that so many leaders are having is that millennials uh, also don't like the concept of accountability. And in a business, uh, accountability is, is absolutely required. I mean, you, you are not going to make money in your company unless you're accountable to your customers and you fulfill their needs sure. and their desires. So how do you recommend that uh, a, a, a leader that is really trying to communicate their purpose, what would you suggest to them about the concept of accountability and how do they approach it? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question, and because that's one of the conflicts that I see, too, and that's one of the things that I work on with having three generations in the workplace has been hard because all of them have different values. Like you said, millennials like value, other things like flexibility and purpose and like doing something that's also good for the community and for the world. But one thing that we mentor them and to make sure that they get really utilize the, the baby boomers and people who are more experienced at work is to have more accountability. They will have the flexibility if the job allows it because there's so many jobs nowadays where you don't have to be at work from eight to five. They can have those flexibilities in a lot of jobs that they hold, but they have to also feel accountable for the responsibilities that they have. And there will be consequences if they're not. I mean, they should be set, the expectations have to be set right from the beginning. There's always a compromise that every generation can do in the workplace. And I've seen so many examples where baby boomers are so, like, for example, like feeling so bad because they come to work at 8 o'clock, but the millennials show up at 10 o'clock or whenever they wake up. And there's so much conflict around that, too. But then you look at the millennials, sometimes they work at 2 a.m. at night. But as long as everybody brings in the results that they needed from them, then it's okay to be flexible. And again, again, it depends on the job that they have. If you're flying an yeah. airplane, you have to be there at a certain time, right? You can't work from home. But the accountability piece is huge, like you said, and there is definitely ways to mentor them. And I think the Generation X and Generation uh, Baby Boomers are a great resource to do that. And that's why I set the culture in a way when I go into an organization so that everybody understands there's things that we learn from each other and there should be an open mind and there's things that each generation will get to teach each other and mentor each other and accountability is definitely one of them for millennials. Uh, Brooke, uh, one of, just your comment or your thought about this. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you should be talking about accountability from the very beginning. Uh, uh -huh. it, it is, it's kind of, uh, it's been my opinion that uh, too many leaders today uh, really have not clarified what accountability is. They, they aren't specific about it. And to me, it's that lack of specificity uh, it, that causes real problems. 
do you find uh, similar results in, in the uh, companies that you're working with and that you've heard? Yeah, very true. It does happen. And like you said, in, in, even the common words that we use doesn't mean the same thing for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever we say responsibility, accountability, we have to define it, what that means in that company. Even It just could even make a difference from one company to another or one organization to another. And in my opinion, I, I work with some partners to do self-managed teams, too, where they don't have anybody to tell them what to do. In, even in that case, people have their stickies, and everybody writes down what their job requires them to do. And as right. long as they, they own it, they, it means they are accountable for it, which means with the good and with the bad consequences, they are the ones who are going to answer questions about that task, about that job definition that they have. So accountability is definitely part of working anywhere, right? But it also, like you said, might mean different things. And like many of the common language is part of what we do when I go into an organization, just like the mission and vision and everything that we start off with, that any big terms that is going to be used, like KPIs and responsibility, accountability, what do we mean by teamwork? has to be defined so that everybody understands the same thing. So thanks for asking that question. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and you're welcome, I think that that's a a big piece of it. Uh, I know uh, one of the things, uh, being in San Diego, I bet you've seen this as well. Uh, I I think a lot of the frustration has come uh, because most people may not be old enough to know this, but you and I have both worked in the corporate world quite a while. And today, uh, capital uh, is much more available to young growth companies than it was 20 years ago. Uh, they, can get, they can get funded and they can start their businesses and they can do things. Well, uh, one of the biggest complaints that uh, you have with uh, Silicon Valley startups has been that everybody thinks, you know, they, they like working in this cool place, but they forget that the whole purpose of a business is to make money and they wind up not really being targeted uh, on very clear goals. Uh, and, and I think that that does uh, a, a big disservice to an entire generation of young people that really are trying to do very well because nobody's really given them that clarity. And uh, to me, that's where culture starts, is that you have to be very careful, uh, very clear about what you believe and why you believe it. Is that a fair statement about culture, and what would you add to that? Yeah, I I do agree, and I did uh, work as a SCORE mentor. I don't know if you're familiar with SCORE, but it's part of SBA, where you have like free mentorship for startups. And like, of course, like you said, being a startup and the requirements and what you can do has changed dramatically. I mean, startups is always a difficult place to be. But like you said, in terms of funding, how you organize your uh, new organization, your real business, everything has changed a lot. So there's two things about that, I think. First of all, again, like new generation, the way they start the business is very different. The, the way they operate is very different. I have one millennial in my house, so I see him like operating in a whole different mindset. And it's not what I think would have worked, but it's working for him and for his wife. So I'm trying to be really open-minded as well. So as a 
as someone who has mentored startups, I have to be very open-minded in the way they start the business. But again, my biggest issue, my biggest thing is always like, okay, there is the reality of life. Do you have the capital and the money to put into your business and also make a living until everything picks up, right? Right. You have to know the reality of that, but also you have to know and have the answers, not for a 20-page business uh, plan, unless you're seeking for really big money, but to make sure that you know why you're starting in this business and have a good vision about that. Because business is so hard. If you're not loving what you do or if you don't have meaning out of it on those big and very hard days, it's going to be very hard for you to keep up with that because there is the ups and downs and everything. And I always recommend people to work with and to talk to other startups to know what the process looks like. It's not a smooth process for 99% of the time. So <laughs> it, it, it's just so like I, in their mind. Yeah, and I feel like I'm everybody who sees me thinks that, oh, go with your heart and intuition and do whatever. That's not what I ever say. You always have to know the reality of what you're stepping into. That's why it's important to talk to mentors and other people who have been there and also make sure that you're clear in your purpose on starting this and also make sure that you have the means to do it. And sometimes miracles do happen, but a lot of people have to be really in reality in terms of their budget, how they're going to survive, how they pay their rent, there's always that reality that we have to live with, too. I don't know if I answered your question, but I feel like there is a different way that they operate, and I am a big reader of that company, and I see so many amazing, amazing young people starting amazing businesses, which did not happen before, like you said, because they have funding chances that like many other generations didn't or is it because they operate in a very different mindset maybe it's a combination of everything but i well, really I do think it's a combination uh, i definitely yeah. believe it's a combination of uh of both uh access to uh intellectual technology uh as well as computer technology it's it's allowed them to be more creative and to create a different mm -hmm. world but none of that creativity comes uh, is allowed to uh, to bloom uh, if you don't have access to capital. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Uh, and right now we happen to be living in a uh, a time where capital is plentiful and available, uh, and it and it has changed uh, the way that people approach their business. Uh, but so I think that it's a really good time uh, to be talking about what what you're passionate about, and that is to uh, get those people uh, connected to their full life so that you don't just get a person for eight hours a day. You get them there uh, every waking hour of the day. And uh, when you've got somebody's heart, that makes a big difference in, in your business, and uh, customers can absolutely see that. Yeah, that's true. And I think even the hiring processes are changing with these amazing companies that I follow who are always doing the right thing, who know how to make sure that every stakeholder could be happy. I mean, nobody can be happy 100% of the time, maybe, but they really care about not only their clients, but also their employees, their suppliers, even their affiliations. They don't care so much about the competition. They just want to do a right, good job with what their own, or with their vision. But at the same time, when they hire, I look at these companies and they don't even sometimes look for a resume. They just 
ask really big questions to the candidates. They ask why they want to join the company uh, besides making money. Why? What is their purpose, they, do they think, in life? How would they think they will contribute? What is their biggest strength that they can make use of in this job? So it's a much tedious job to look at these answers, but they're ready to do that because they know by now resumes or even cover letters do not really indicate if that candidate is going to be the best one. And they do care about um, the, the person not being only a good match for the job, but also a good match for their culture. Absolutely. Actually, I have a, and, and I'm sure you hear that too. And I have a partner just for that reason, because they know how to really make that happen, to assess the culture, make sure what the company knows what kind of a culture they want to create if they have to have some improvement. But then also during the candidate process, like when they're hiring, they definitely look which ones fit the culture more than the others because they know that some people's values you cannot change. But everything that can be taught on the job can be done with anybody. So that is even a big change, in, I think, in the organizations, the way they hire because of this reason. And they get better retainment rates when they do that. And people really feel like they're aligned with what the company does. They feel like they're using their strength and there's more loyalty too. Oh, very good points. Uh, Brooke, you bring up a lot of good points today and I know we can't cover all of them. And I know people are going to want to find a way to connect with you. What's the best way they can connect with you to find out more about your work? Sure. First of all, thank you for the time, too. I know this can go on for not only hours, but weeks and days, right, (laughs) to talk about this topic. And I'm passionate about that. So thank you for bringing that up, too. But to find me, to contact me, I think the easiest one would be to email me, uh, which is Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E, at my business name, which is purposeful.business. It is P-U-R-P-O-S. E-F-U-L dot business, Brooke at Purposeful dot business. That would be the easiest way to reach me, I guess. And you can always ask me more questions, and I love to talk about this topic. So I'm here to really answer anything that you are curious about. Awesome. And uh, for those of you that are listening now while you're exercising, as always, we'll make sure that uh, we have this noted uh, in the, the show notes to make it easy for you. Now, Brooke, as we close today, uh, if you would, I'd like for you to give our listeners the, the top two things that you think they ought to really begin to think about uh, and to apply in their business to, to really take advantage of this new way of thinking about business. Sure. I think the best way to start is really if you haven't sit down and reviewed or even done like a purpose or mission vision statement, I would just take some time um, and not be like distracted and sit down and think why you're in the business that you're in. It could be you could be leading a team, you could be leading a department, you could be just an employee, but everybody has the capacity to be a leader. Just think about why you're in that business besides making money. I think that's a big indicator and how it lines up with who you are. Or if it does line up or not with who you are. And as a business leader, it could be something that you want to share with your employees and even like have a discussion around it, brainstorm and see what they're thinking about 
where they stand and what they think about the purpose of the company is. And this could be done in an individual basis, but also in an organizational or department basis. So all of that is, I think, good juice in our brain to think about it and even in our hearts so that we can do something about it if we don't see an alignment. Awesome. Those are great things for us to do. Uh, our guest today is Brooke Errol. Uh, Brooke is the author of Create a Life You Love. Uh, and Brooke, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and get your thoughts today. We wish you continued success in all your endeavors. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a big pleasure for me to see Thank you very much. Steve here, and one last reminder, I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site, and let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful, you're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.